Bring us in. You're the you're the dungeon master. No, no, you are. You are. You're doing it. No, what? sir. I'm yeah, the keeper. Just... No, fuck. Oh well. Ah, I'm the producer. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Torchlit Tavern, and everything has gone wrong. Mitch has taken over once again. This is the worst Halloween ever. You're welcome, in advance. To the listeners, not the players, uh, I'm sorry to my players. I have plans to fuck Hold your me. day. We, we, we are a real, real play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Most of the time. Not today. No! Mommy. Why don't you tell them what we really are, Ryan? What are we today? Today, we are a... I don't think this has additions. Today we're playing Monster of the Week. And this was somewhat... No, this was my idea, and I now regret it. But I said, (laughs) hey, Mitch, you did something terrifying last time we had a special. Maybe we should play Monster of the Week and let you do it again. And if you want to know what he's talking about, check out Father's Day. Wasn't very D&D-like, but it was pretty cool. So, why don't we uh, go ahead and introduce who we all are, because I'm sure the people that listen to us aren't tired of hearing our voices yet. My name is Mitch, guys. Normally I play Bruce, but today I'm going to be what is called the Keeper, which is this game's version of the Dungeon Master. So it is my job to put these guys through hell while they do what is effectively a monster-based murder mystery. And to my left is... I am Randall, and normally I play the best good boy, Marquis Dylan Bennett, but today I will be playing the Initiate, and I'm scared. But excited. It's like prom all over again. And to my left. Hey gang, it's Ryan. I usually play a small cold boy named Roy. But today, I am basically playing a warlock again, but I am the spooky. And to my left. Uh, Dude, I'm real confused, okay? I'm not. uh, My name is Jameson Oxford, and I am out of my element, which will be the first of possibly several Big Lebowski references I'm going to make today. Um, I am not your dungeon master, as you're used to, because we're doing a special episode for Halloween. I am apparently playing a new game called Monster of the Week, and I am playing the character trope called the Gumshoe, which is a... What the hell's a Gumshoe? A Gumshoe is a detective. Cool. Neat. Yeah, the Gumshoe is a detective, and I am... uh, well, I guess I'm here to solve a mystery. Right. So we've got uh, we've got ourselves a, a weird, a weird spooky boy, and we've got ourselves a fancy detective, and we've got ourselves an initiate, whatever the hell that is. So, uh, Jeff, what uh, what cool class are you bringing to the table today? Uh, well, I am, as I'm sure at least a few people know, Jeff. And normally I'm a, a surprisingly Halloween-appropriate character, some gentleman skeleton, but I've managed to push that uh, personality down for today. And really, I will instead be <laughs> barely, barely. Oh, fuck. Uh, no, you get that Skeleton bullshit out of here. <laughs> this is today a Halloween episode. You get your reanimated skeleton fay out of here. <laughs> Thematically appropriate, Wild West. (laughs) (laughs) So today, instead, I'm the mundane, which means I'm just your everyday, average, normal guy. You? I'm just your average, ordinary. I gotta say, I'm super excited to force Jeff to play that, because it it rankles him (laughs) the moment he got it. Uh, I also want to say that this this whole thing is going to be a lot of fun, because me and Ryan have wanted to play Monster of the Week 
for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now it's all going to be ruined because Mitch is the keeper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds appropriate. Yeah. That so, sounds accurate. Yeah, so how do we play this game, Mitch? You roll dice and shit. See what happens. It's, it's great. I, oh, sorry. Uh, in in keeping with our, our bullshit. Uh, what... So today we are playing in the old west, correct, Mitch? That's that's our setting. Yeah, it's uh, early nineteen hundreds era. It, it's okay. fictional. It's not quite real history, but it's it's close. Well, in that case, let's do some saloon keeping, partner. Oh, balls! <laughs> I believe it would be bollocks, sir. G- give them table saloon spit keeping. Well, goddamn! Welcome to the old saloon. I've been out here shining this mug for a goddamn minute. <laughs> And uh, I'm not drinking out of that. It's time. Don't worry, I put alcohol in it. That's oh, true. Okay. So <laughs> that's clean. It's time I let you know about how you can contact us, how you can find us, and how you can interact with us down here at what used to be the tavern, but for now it's the saloon. So if you're coming to get us with your fancy dancy internet technology, you can find us on on what I think they call it the Facebook. Ryan, can you tell them exactly about the Facebook? That is facebook.com slash Torchlit Tavern. And then you can get us on the Twitter. Tell them about that. That's at Torchlit Tavern. And then you can use the hashtag for both of them. Tell them that. A hashtag Torchlit Tavern. And, you know, we got a website. Can you tell them what that, that interwebs site is? Yeah, that'd be the, that'd be torchlittavern.com. And, you know, we got one of them, what's they call it, a, a Patreon? Yes, a patron. That's a patron.com slash Torchlit Tavern. Well, yeehaw, that sounds like a goddamn hullabaloo, so good to see you down here at the saloon. Please rate us, share us, subscribe to us. Hey, if you don't ride on down to the saloon to have a drink with us, I just don't know what we could do. Help. They won't let me leave. Shush there, Randall. You love it here. Once you're a part, once you're a part of the posse, there's no escaping. It's yeah. so easy. It's so easy. This game actually is a really fun game. When you read through it, the way it's set up, it's, like Jay said, way more improv, way more narrative, way more storytelling. Dice are involved for that randomness, but the game itself isn't heavily dependent on them. And part of it is a pretty cool in-depth, who are you, how do you know each other? Now, for podcast reasons, we're going to streamline that a little bit. All of these people have been gathered here today. Because Jay's character, the Gumshoe, has been employed by the Blue Steel Rail Co., which is a small French company. Hold, 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 sorry. Before you get too far in, I do want to give a shout out. Can, can you do the thing, Ryan, since you've got it there in front of you? Yeah, gang, shout out to Michael Sands and Evil Hat Productions for making this cool, cool game we're about to get into. Yeah, it's uh, powered by the Apocalypse system. One of the first ones was Apocalypse World and also Dungeon World. If you're interested in the system, but you want to play one that's a little more thematically D&D or post-apocalyptic, they got so many different little worlds to play in that are all similar rule sets. So I highly recommend checking them out because this game looks like a lot of fun. All right, Mitch. Sorry about that. It's all you now. So for a little bit of setting to our listeners, because I know that you're not privy to the conversations we had offline, the uh, premise here is that all of these people have been gathered together for one reason or another by Jay who is the detective. He has been employed by the Blue Steel Rail Co. to do an investigation. Now, I'm not sure how much of those details he has revealed to the other party at this time, so 
I'll leave that out because they can hear me. At any route, <laughs> um, it is the day of departure. You are to get on your Blue Steel Railco train, and you're going to take that train west. Real far west. Real, real far west. All the way, in fact, to the end of their brand new rail line. You're on a new engine, you're going on a new rail line, and you're going all the way to the Nevada Territory. The only thing that you know for sure is you're supposed to pick up your tickets for Red Mud Valley from the office, and your departure is in 30 minutes. So who arrives first? So, a very uh, hardened man, tall, strong-looking, wearing archaic clothing, and his old armor that has probably been most likely passed down from someone, either family or friend, uh, with a mace hanging off his hip, a silver dagger at his side. He just walks straight up. Oh, and a crossbow across his back. He walks straight up to the... Straight into the sheriff's office, because Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up to the will call uh, booth for his ticket. Afternoon, sir. Name? Howdy. Uh, Thomas Blake, here to collect my ticket. Can you spell that for me? T-H-O-M-A-S space B-L-A-K-E. Thank you, sir. What's the name of the will call you're picking up from? Jay. <laughs> oh, sorry. The, na- the name on the document says Detective Moss. Moss? Moss. Moss. Yes. M-O-S-S. Yes. What's your, what's your first name, Jay? This is for me. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Oh, he uh, fucking... Okay. Mm. Thank you, sir. And uh, who is the will call you'll be picking up for today? Uh, Detective uh, Moss left me my ticket. And, uh, and and how do you know Detective Moss? He's been my friend in research for a long time now. All right. And uh, you're going to have to leave them things in luggage. Since you're, like, in full, like, weird armor, right? Yep. And old decked school, out, can we school. say that I've never met you in person? Yeah. Like pals. it's all it's all pals. correspondence, yeah. We're pen pals. <laughs> okay. You're, you think you're about to meet the nerdiest guy ever? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, sir. Now I have your ticket right here, but I'm gonna need you to check all them things in. You can get you. You can keep yourself your weird clothes, but uh, all, all your all your armaments there. They're gonna have to go in the back car with the luggage and the other equipment. I respectfully decline. Sir, I respectfully decline you your ticket. If you want to stay in the back car with your luggage, that's appropriate. But your luggage is going all in the right, back car. All right, all right, all right. And I hand the mace, <laughs> I hand, and I hand uh, the crossbow. Billy, come over here and take this man's armaments. Load them in the back car real nice like. All right, go ahead and make yourself on your way. I got I got people lining up over here. Keep them up. <laughs> I take it, and by the way, Mitch, kept my goddamn boot knife. Fun. <laughs> Nobody cares about a Fuck knife. No, I care about a knife. Mine's, mine's silver. It matters. You had some heavy <laughs> shit. That was too much. If you had, yeah. like, a pistol, no one would have given a shit. Well, everybody gets all up at you. <laughs> it's a mace. You're scaring people. Think of the children. <laughs> all right, who's next? Uh, you know, as a as a railway worker, I think I'll, I'll jump in next. I think I'll be pretty prompt. Um... So a man walks up, uh, a man with a like a slight reddish, strawberry blondish hair, clean shaven, very friendly face, uh, wearing a pillbox cap, a gray coat, and some gray slacks. Slung over his back is 
his bag, which has, you know, just the essentials, including his railway spike hammer. And he walks up to the will call. Good day to you, sir. Afternoon to you, Marley. You on this Westwood train today? Oh, of course I am. I'm out here just, uh, got, got a call for a little job. I figure I'll head west. It's not the first, won't be the last, huh? You are driving more rail out that way? Fuck, hang on. Shit. The Irish. <laughs> Shut up, Cavani. You driving more rail out west, or you picking up a different side job these days? You know, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. I was hired by some gumshoe of some sort. Sounds pretty interesting. Well, I guess I'm an expert. You uh, you take care of yourself. You uh, you got a ticket? Oh, you should have it for me. Oh, you picking up a wheel call? Who are you? That's uh, what I've been told. Who are you picking up for? For myself, of course. <laughs> now, who who's the wheel call for? Oh yes, 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 yes. That's from uh, Detective Moss. I've heard. Oh, Detective Moss. Well, fellas got a lot of people calling in for him today. He must be doing something big. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how do you know Detective Moss? The last fellow came through dressed all kinds of weird. Well, you know, me and him go pretty far back. He's asked me asked for my help a couple of times on some railway business. You know, nobody's been working the rails quite as long as your old friend Marley, huh? I guess that makes sense. What about uh, what about your ass? You bringing your Buster, or are you leaving him with somebody else? Oh, you know, I never leave Buster behind. You already got him on with cattle, or you need someone to help you load him? I know he's uh, well, he's a stubborn ass. Oh, he's a stubborn ass for sure. But I've already loaded him up. You know nobody can handle Buster like I do. No, that's true, Milo, that's true. Well, here's your uh, here's your ticket, sir. Go ahead and uh, find your way on. Looks like you got a pretty nice car, too, so enjoy that while you got access to it. Looking at the ticket. Oh, well, Saints Persirvis, I've never seen a, uh, the likes of these cars without, you know, working in them. Yeah, well, not everybody's kind to of y'all mix, but uh, looks like your detective got your back pretty solid, so keep advantage uh, of that. Well, we're not everyone's favorite. Oh, I will. Kick my feet up. Maybe have a drink or two. Have a good one there, Molly. You as well, sir. Next. Walking on up is a uh, very androgynous looking person. They're dressed in uh, very, very tight black pants. Some black work boots. A somewhat loose fitting black shirt buttoned down. And for whatever reason, they're... It looks like they've got a bunch of just dark stuff caked around their eyes. It looks to be maybe mud, maybe shoe, maybe shoe polish. You're not entirely Definitely sure. Definitely boot black. <laughs> I uh, I do want to um, say that trench coats are period appropriate. Don't step mm, on my aesthetic. No, I won't do that to him. <laughs> I won't do that to him. But the shirt is long sleeve. Alrighty. And uh, they've got some long. Long dark hair, not really looking that well kempt. Ah man, AFI's here. <laughs> oh, Miss Murder. Good afternoon to you. Ah, uh, good afternoon to you. How can I help you today? Hello. Good afternoon to you. Yes, I'm here for my ticket. All right. You paying or you picking up? Picking up. Name on the will call. My name or their name? Yes. Uh, your name? <laughs> sir, sir? My name. Sir? My your, name. Your name, sir? I... Is Orangey Pritchett. Ah, <laughs> uh, alright. And, o- uh. O R A N G E Y space. P R I T 
C H E T T. You got that? All right. And uh, what, what's what's the will call you're pulling from? A detective Moss. And uh, how how do you know this uh, detective Moss fella? They came to try and help me out once. I'm returning the favor. Well, it looks like you need help with a lot of things. In any case, here's your uh, here's your ticket and uh, make your way onto the train. Next. Detective Moss is sitting in a nice uh, private car or, or a nice private room on the on the in the first class. Uh, on the table in the center of the seats is an old-fashioned record player that I have turned on, and I am saying Detective Moss's log. I have recent. I have reached out to friends and uh, correspondence pals to to get everyone together for trip to Nevada to look into first case. I have contacted several strange men, but strange people. (laughs) Better. Due to their various knowledge and skills, we have been paid by the French Blue Steel Railway Company to investigate the Hickok Boys. Hey, I have an accent. Fuck off. Mm -hmm. Uh, And their townmaster's son, Buckworth Elijah Hickok. Uh, I currently await my friends and compatriots to join me, and upon arriving in unnamed, to investigate. And uh, hopefully, everyone's tickets are handled. I am very nervous. This is, this is. Oh dear. <laughs> and then I, I take the needle off the record as the door opens, and the first of you arrives. Hi. Ah. Big beefy looking motherfucker in armor still. Yeah. So. Was- de- Detective Moss stands up, and I am a fairly impressive six foot two, rail thin, as rail thin as this damn railroad, and I am dressed in a long, uh, dark brown trench coat and a bowler cap. I have spectacles on, and I am traveling with a large case tripod, and uh, I am putting away a record player. Um, y- yes, uh, you are. Uh, Howdy. Wh- what what on earth are you wearing? Armor. Of what make? You do. I'm assuming you're Detective Moss, since you are. My, my apologies, sir. <laughs> yes, Detective Moss. Are you Thomas? Yes, I'm Thomas Blake. Oh, it's just it is good to meet you, sir. And I shake your hand. It's a strong grip that's returning. Oh dear, but yes. Um, I'm sorry. I I, I guess I I was expecting something else. Uh, why? Because I talk very well in my letters, and I'm. I'm very knowledgeable about the mystical arts that you assumed I'd be small, tiny. Yes. Do you expect me to not be as knowledgeable because of how you see me now? No. No, just... Good. Threw me for a loop. It's not really your size, sir. It's it's your your apparel. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm in the business of killing shit. What kind of shit? We are going up against men with guns. Uh, the shit that goes bump in the night. Oh, okay. May I take a seat? I feel Men with guns, you say? Oh. Well, that's not what I was prepared for, I'll tell you that much. Ah, uh, yes, and you must be Marley O'Shaughnessy. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, sir. I'm Thomas Blake. Well. Yes. Th- Thomas, this is Marley. He is our railway uh, expert. Pleasure to see you there. How you doing, detective? Marley O'Shaughnessy. It's good you're here. Uh, Thomas, this is Marley. He is my railway expert that I have hired to help us. Uh, thank you for your expertise in this matter. Oh, yeah. Very few know more about the railways than me. Ah, uh, if you pardon me, sir, what kind of get-up is that? Traditional warrior garb. Traditional, oh. yes. Uh, it's warrior garb. 
yes, tra- uh, tradition is very good to keep. I, I, I'm a big fan of tradition. I uh, walk up, and I just, I just stand next to everyone. Uh, how old is Orangey Pritchett? About twenty. Oh yeah, traditions and such. Um, why per se would we need? Uh, you said you are a, a warrior. Yeah. Hold, hold, hold your questions, please. I will explain all as soon as the train begins its its run. But we are waiting for. Oh yes. Orangey. Oh, thanks for service. When did you get there? <laughs> Hello. Oh, you nearly scared me right out of my body. Oh. Uh, Apologies. My, uh, Thomas, Molly, this is Orangey Pritchett. Hello. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Orangey. Yes. Oh, what a what an interesting name for a uh, an interesting uh, character. <laughs> if if you don't mind, Orangey, as forward as this may be, sir or madam. Does it matter? Uh, they're a partner. I I will accept partner. All right, partner. Well, I'll tell you. Well, uh, well, Thomas, you may you may 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 have made this assumption, but I'm not much of a partner type of fella. But I guess it's a pleasure to meet you, partner. You as well. Yes, yes. It's it's it is very good. We are all here. Come, come, sit down, sit down. And I've I'm like I'm very like smiley. I'm happy to have you all here. I'm like very friendly. Uh, like I said, rail thin, tall man. Dark, dark brown clothing. Come sit, and I will explain our our, our mission. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Uh, I take a seat at least one person away from Orangey because she kind of freaks me out. Uh, I sit he, next to Orangey. They kind of freak me out. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, Thomas sits next to Orangey because that's normal. Yeah, I, I go ahead and take my seat next to Thomas, and I just uh, blankly stare out the window. And I am I am awaiting for the train to begin before I even start. So like as long as we're as soon as we're on the road, that's when I yeah. uh, will tell everybody. I wait for the First, train whistle. There is the loud blaring whistle and a lurch as the train begins to move. Marley, you, you notice something in the front of this car, this this private car that you have because of your heritage never had the privilege to come near, and it is a new. State of the art soda fountain built into <laughs> the side of the bar. Hey there, uh, Detective Moss. Yes, Molly. Is that a a soda fountain there at the the front? Uh, I've only I, heard I believe, about them. I believe it is. Um, but I do I do request that before you partake, you let me give you the 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 sum of situations before you indulge in the cocaine over there. Well. But but I understand, and we all need a good little pick me up every now and then. So uh, we will all have. You know what? Fuck it. Let's all get a soda. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> oh, I've never had such a thing. Well, not in a not in a railway car, at least. Jump cut to all with soda pop. <laughs> uh, Thomas doesn't partake in soda. Y'all gather your refreshments from the refreshments bar, and uh, when you get there, you notice that there is just a little wooden pop up. It says. On one side, in English, and on uh, the other side, you're assuming French, it says, courtesy of the Blue Steel Railway Co. And it becomes obvious to all of you who weren't aware that uh, they're very invested in whatever your project is. So, Jay, what information are you going to share with the party as they move down the railway towards a destination? Okay. What uh, details Marley, do you choose to share with them? Marley looks on their refreshments cart. 
for some whiskey to throw some whiskey in his soda. Thomas just has a glass of water. Orangey isn't thirsty. While you're spiking your soda pop, whiskey and cocaine, hell yeah. I, I will have a sarsaparilla, thank you. Uh, so, now that you are all here, it is very good to meet you all, some of you in person for the first time. Orangey, it is good to see you again. Yes. Um, we are being paid by the Blue Steel Railway Company, a very rich rail, to investigate an old rail that was abandoned by a previous company whose name I do not remember. They ran into many problems, uh, and it seems that these problems, from what I have gathered, uh, are from the Hillcock boys. At least, that's my... It's, to be honest, it is a guess. But the Hillcock boys are a local gang run by Bucksworth Elijah Hillcock, the late town master's son. Uh, our, our point of contact once we arrive will be Sheriff Alderwood, who should have more information for us. I have had a small amount of correspondence with him. Sheriff Alderwood should have more information for us, so I feel that once we arrive, that will be where we begin. Uh, as I've said, uh, we are not sure what the exact problems they, they... I have called you in because the previous company's notes and things led it to believe... They, they believed that it was not a normal circumstance, which is why I have consulted with you. What kind of not normal circumstances are we talking about? Also, where's the, whereabouts is the uh, old railway? You know, I've been working the rails for a while. Maybe I've got some familiarity with the old company. Well, um, how long ago, Mitch, was, like, how long ago was that rail abandoned? The rail itself is a few years old. It's five to ten years old. It was built all the way to that point, and they, uh, they've been struggling with, they haven't been able to continue from that point because of all the problems they've been having. So the railway is old. Is that the rail we're on now? Yes, it is the rail that you are currently on. So, oh, okay. So, 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 it's, so it is so, very likely a rail that you have helped maintain this end of, but it hasn't seen a lot of use, mostly just supplies. This is probably uh, one of the first passenger cars that has been put on this rail. Ah, yes, the Stockton rails. That's who used to own this railway. Oh, oh yes, very good. See, this yeah. Mali. Yeah. Mali is my railway expert, so that's why he is here. Oh yeah, I've uh, I've worked a lot on this end, not much on the other. Um, I uh, heard heard they were experiencing a lot of issues down there. Weird sounding shit. You know, personally, I think maybe they got a a bit of the bad luck. You know, if you don't feed the fae every night, well, I, they'll come for you. I, I I do not believe in such superstitions. Well, I could kill a fae. Do not, do not fucking feed his superstition. Uh, Marley spits over. Marley spits three times over his uh, over his shoulder and goes, "I fancy you can't." Uh, you're only supposed to do that twice. Uh, Detective Moss. Uh, yes, Thomas. Uh, most of my weapons were confiscated. Well, they would be given back to you when we are we arrive. What what weapons are you? Did did you bring a rifle? Oh, of course not. What do you mean, of course not? Everyone's got a fucking rifle nowadays. It's pointless. Uh, yes, that's, that is why you bring rifle. No, you bring a crossbow. Oh, strange. And a mace. Uh, and what? A, and, and a knife. Uh, a knife is okay. Tom, Thomas, you are far different than our correspondence led me to believe. Odd choice of uh, weaponry there, sir. Fits every situation. Uh, personally, I'll just stick to the old Colt. So you're on your train, and you're a very luxurious private first class cabin car. Which is uh, pretty significant. That's that's not expen- That's not cheap. That's probably you know a twenty dollar ticket each. Easy. These soda pops make you feel so good. I feel I could take on the world. 
you come into the last day of travel. Your arrival time is 12 noon. You come in, and it's it's about 9 in the morning. So you've got about four hours until you're supposed to until you're supposed to arrive, and uh, attendants have come in to tuck away the beds that they pull out for you every night, and prepare you breakfast, whatever is needed. And uh, there are two blasts on the whistle, and a screech and a lurch as the train begins to come to an immediate stop. Shit is scattered, knocked over, set ajar from the table, and... Uh, well, the train's stopping. Uh, oh dear! And I, I dive for my, my like box and my radio or my, uh, my record player to try to make sure they don't break because they're fragile. <laughs> Marley, Marley, who was standing at the time, keeps his footing surprisingly well and doesn't even spill his coffee with whiskey in it, and goes, "Well, that's unusual. Normally, a train like this uh, wouldn't come to such an abrupt stop." Thomas, uh, Thomas looks orangey. Oh, it's time to party. <laughs> I, I do believe this is our stop anyway. I, I look over at Thomas and I just nod. Let's do this, partner. A few minutes go by and uh, no attendants come through. Nothing happens. And then uh, you begin to hear commotion in the car in front of you. And the curtain is drawn for your privacy. So you, you can't really see what's going on. But you, you hear what sounds you hear what sounds like yelling. Uh, uh, Marley goes, well, that's unusual. And just walks straight in there. Cup of, cup of coffee in hand. All right, Marley. You're gonna need the roll and act under pressure. So our first roll. Marley is <laughs> Marley's gonna step forward. He's gonna open the sliding door for your car, and he's going to disappear behind the curtain, the privacy curtain, as he's going to investigate this. So roll, roll us an act under pressure, and you uh, you had cool. Use your cool roll for that. Real quick, I'm gonna do a basis for the game. There's about only seven real skills to this game that everyone has. Each one of us has our own little skills and powers that are specific to our playbook. Uh, the seven that we have, uh, no, sorry, eight, manipulate someone, act under pressure, help out, investigate a mystery, read a bad situation, kick some ass, protect someone, and use magic. Uh, anytime we roll one of these skills, we roll 2d6, and usually we will add an ability, uh, one of our ability modifiers, which there are five. There's charm, cool, sharp, tough, and weird. And those don't get higher than plus three ever. So he's going to roll 2d6. And depending on his roll, it will determine how effective whatever he's doing is. Uh, and that will be dictated by our keeper. So what's our first roll, guys? I'm very excited. Just rolling for act under pressure. It was my roll. It was act under pressure, which is a plus cool. And I went off by myself into a... a to check something out, which because of my don't worry, I'll go check I'll check this out. Uh, ability means I just marked experience. Which is a play from the mundane playbook. Nice. Correct. Uh, and I rolled a 12. Solid. That's a 10 plus. That is a clean success. Alright, so the rules for Act Under Pressure. This cover's trying to do something under conditions of particular stress or danger. Uh, on a 10 plus, you do what you set out to do. Well, that one's pretty straightforward. Yep. <laughs> now, how this, how this comes into play is uh, as you dip behind this curtain, you see in the car ahead of you that there are several workers in this car. It's a utility car because you're very close to the front of the train. And uh, standing above and around them are four banditos, if you will, with bandanas pulled up over their face, and they have firearms. Your act under cool, or your act under pressure roll allows you to keep your cool as you enter this situation. 
How do you want to proceed, sir? You haven't alerted them immediately to your presence. What do you wish to do? Do they have badges? You don't know. We don't need no stinking badges. Thank you, Randall. Jesus. Um, so, uh, I also, because of the what could go wrong whenever you charge into immediate danger, which, arguably, this was immediate danger, I'm able to- I would to, say unarguably, uh, this is immediate danger. <laughs> yeah. So I charged right in, and because of that, I get to I get to do one of three things, which is either infi inflict plus one harm, uh, reduce someone's harm suffered by one, or take two forward on an act under pressure. Uh, so as I get there, uh, and I'll and I'll save that. Obviously, I'm not doing anything right this second, yeah. or nothing's happening right this second. <clears throat> oh, what's so, about to? Yeah. So uh, things are happening. What do you do? How many how many banditos are there? Three, three there are banditos. Three armed gunmen. So as I walk in and see these three banditos, I uh, I pull my my Colt Navy revolver and I go, "Pardon me, there, sirs." Loud enough so that anybody can hear me. I believe you've made a mistake. Oh Christ! I don't believe violence is necessary here. Uh, I'm gonna just stand up. Put, hold my hand out to help out Orangey up, and then I hold my hand out to help the deck uh, detective up, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Jay, I don't have this section of the rules pulled up. What, what's the role to dodge bullets? Uh, that's, that's act under pressure is the general Yeah, term. okay, okay. That's Which he's going to get a plus two to yeah. his ability. So, that's so uh, act under pressure, my friend. They don't talk. Act under what's that? What's that normally plus? Uh, my character sheet puts act under pressure under cool. Um, with my plus three, that's eight. All right. Ooh. So, once again, reading the rules here. Uh, act under pressure. On a seven to nine, the keeper is going to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or a price to pay. And that is up to the keeper to decide. A worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. Yeah, so they're opening fire at you. Jeff, what do you want to do? What is your action that you want to do on your eight? Now, I'll, I'll take cover. Yeah, so a gunshot goes off. There's a large thud against the the rail car door as your friend Marley White Girl trips, taking cover in the alcove between the cars. And then you immediately hear two more gunshots, one bullet of which zings through the door to your car and into the back of your car. I imagine it just goes over Thomas's shoulder and he just looks back and goes, This son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, I, I believe our, uh, as our, I, our Irish friend seems to have gotten himself into a bit of a jam, shall we? Uh, um, yeah. I have a question. Who's armed? I am. You snuck got a, he's got revolver. a knife, we've established. Orangey, do you have a gun? I do have a gun. Okay. Did, what did I you a, get on board? I have a gun and a big knife. I'm going to go ahead and say that you in particular, as the hired contract of this railway co- Okay. They cool. were kind of like, fuck it, whatever. These other weirdos, not so much. All right, so um, as... Th the rest of you are allowed a, a small knife or cudgel and a small firearm if you have one. Well, damn, right. let me keep my well, yeah. And I have my railway, I have my, uh, my railway spike hammer, which is technically a weapon. Um, but that but would be stowed in luggage. It's in my bag, and my bag's not slung over my shoulder anymore. All right, establishing that, I would like to kick open my case which uh, anybody standing near sees is filled with a strange contraption that you may or may not have seen, and I pull out a sawed-off shotgun. Um, an another quick side note is when I t 
took cover, am I still in the front car, or did I move back to the You're other car? You are in between the cars. Okay. So you've stepped so out bet- of the you stepped out of the section where the gunmen are, and you are basically using the ass end of that car as cover, but you've not made it to your car yet. It's like a foot and a doorway away. There is okay. that privacy well, curtain between you and them. They cannot see you immediately. All right. So all I'm going to do is uh, in between there, I'm going to go. Well, it looks like we've got some banditos trying to fire on us. Um, gentlemen, I do do not know if you are familiar with combat. Uh, this will be my first one. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> uh, uh, I just want a side note. And I just, I just ejected an unspent shell. <laughs> Sawed off shotguns don't chuck chuck. It's a, it's a break open. It's a breakaway. Well, Boom. okay, so a sawed off shotgun can be any kind of shotgun, but at the at this time period, barrel. it's going to be a It's going load. to be the, the double barrel. A double slug barrel, gun. side by side, or over under, that's yeah. up to you, doesn't matter. In but it'll be a case, double barrel break action sawed off shotgun. And I would say that in our audio medium, that little sound could be literally any motion I want it to be, so I didn't just pump the air. None of you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Orangey is going to look at the situation Binks. and just pull out a very large, disturbing-looking hunting knife, and then they're just going to slowly duck down behind the seats they were at. <laughs> I, I knew I liked you. <laughs> Orangey, good. You, you'll stay safe. Uh, Mitch, uh, Thomas is just going to start walking straight towards that fucking train car. Yeah, like, legit, guys? Um... It's not D and D. We don't force so you, you to do? every little thing. Yeah, do a thing. You just do you're, it. You're gonna walk um, up and what? Uh, I'm gonna cast a spell. Wait. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You're gonna use magic. Uh, I'm gonna use magic, which is under weird, uh, and I'm gonna try and in try and uh, do something that is beyond human limitations by increasing my speed so that I can clear the distance to get up to them with my knife. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Go ahead and roll use magic, which is a weird roll. Uh, you weirdo. I have plus two weird, so it comes out to ten. All right. That's a use straight magic. success, right? I think. On, yeah, ten plus. The magic works without issues. Choose your effect. Your yeah, effects sweet. that you can choose are inflict harm, enchant a weapon, do one thing that is beyond human limitations. That's what you picked. Uh, bar a place or portal to a specific person or a type of creature. Trap a specific person. That's a lot of cool stuff. Let's just do what you said you were going to do. So, uh... I basically come in like a bat out of hell, flying past in a blur, charging towards those banditos. Yeah, so uh, so Marley, you're standing there, and, and you, uh, you're you looking back at the door, and the door flings open, and there's a blur and a rush of wind as, uh, well, something weird happens. I, I turn behind me to with my shotgun, and I say, okay, Thomas, let's go. Thomas? Dust outline. So, uh, so, so Mr. Blake... You are in the car with your knife in their business. There is three of them. I'm assuming you're going to kick some ass. Oh, I'm going to kick some ass. Uh, as soon as I see Thomas, uh, or whatever it is, walk by, I go right back into the room. I'm just like, whoa. What? I don't walk by. <laughs> so I rolled a uh, nine, kick some ass. All right. Uh, on a On any success, total of seven or more, you inflict harm on and suffer harm from whatever you're fighting which means that even if you roll high you're still putting yourself at a disadvantage uh whatever you're fighting the amount of harm is based on the established dangers in the game that usually means you inflict harm rating of your weapon and your enemies inflict their attacks harm rating on you 
Uh, so my because I took ancient fighting arts and I'm using an old fashioned hand weapon, I inflict plus one harm, which is a total of two harm with my silver knife. Okay, and then bitch, whatever you have selected for the harm done by them, they're gonna deal it back to him, and it can because he's forced them into melee. You know, you. It's I, I got story. you. Yeah. So you you basic for all uh, functional purpose of these poor fucks, you appear uh, amidst the three of them in front of one of them who yells, "What the hell!" As you stab him, and uh, his buddy, who wasn't planning on CQC today, strikes you in the back of the dome with the bottom metal plate on his revolver. And you take one harm as well. Uh, I are redu- not prepared for melee. I reduce uh, harm by one with my armor. Nice. Um, so he takes no harm. All right. I'm, I'm the tank. Right on. We needed right. one. So, Mr. Moss, I'm going to say it's it's you. Yeah, I, I would like to roll up, basically, basi- we're in between rail cars, right? But it's at a stop. They're in the next rail car. The car, the train yeah, stopped, but- they're in the next rail car, so you have to cross, like, that five-foot gap. But Marley's in between, right? That's Marley's in the gap. Uh-huh. I want to join Marley in the gap on the other side of the doorway with my gun. Okay. Hello, Marley. Shall we provide cover fire? And I well, would you like know. to roll to help Marley, because I think Marley's about to open fire. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely am. And as you look and say, say your line, Marley goes, well, you know, working the railways, I'm not un, I'm not unaccustomed to a little bit of rough. Uh, I'm not unaccustomed to a little bit of roughness from now on again. I'll tell you that. All right. So I roll help, which is plus cool. And I rolled an 11. Uh, with, I add nothing because I am not cool. But <laughs> I still got an 11. Uh, on a 10 plus, I grant plus one to your roll. So... Sweet deal. Yeah, Marley. Shoot him. Kick some ass. I, I, I feel that we should keep at least one of them alive to question. So, but other than that, Marley. And I turn and I just unload the sound and thunder of a sawed-off shotgun high above everyone's head. Son of a bitch! Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to fire at Yeah, a sawed-off at in Thomas a train car in a melee. at Thomas. That's, yeah, that's Tom- not Thomas ideal. is in a melee with my shotgun, so I'm going to blow above everyone's head. Uh, and roll help out for uh, for for Marley. So Marley, All right. I take a plus one. Yes. All right. So Marley steps into the. I step into the railway car and uh, fire on the one that's not closest to Thomas. So uh, uh, saying as uh, as Detective Moss discharges his firearm. Thomas, being the beast that he is, doesn't seem to react, and the man that he is stabbing isn't able to react, but the other two begin to panic, because shotgun. Shit's terrifying. (laughs) Uh, So, the two of them are diving behind what little cover there is in this utility car, it's a few crates. You're able to, you're still able to hit, but they're still let you know. So you open fire on the left guy or the right guy? Uh, right guy. That seems right. Yep. Gotta do what's right. And I rolled an eight on my kick some ass. Because I assume that's a kick some ass. So, in this instance, normally they would be shooting back at you, but they're all ducking shotgun. So, uh, what's the de- what's the harm that your gun does? I think it's three? Plus two. Two or three? Two. It's two. Two harm? Alright. So you got two. Let me get my health point dice real quick from my NPCs here. I'll we'll start forgetting who's got what. Side note to, to anyone and everyone, feel free to protect me. Um, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do. Uh, I would like to, as they kind of duck and cover, I would like to read a bad situation. 
Uh, I would like to, you know, figure out, kind of get a feel for what's exactly going on here. So let me roll plus sharp. I have two sharp. Oh, but that's only a six. Ooh, that's a fail. Yeah, so I try to read a bad situation and fail. Uh, read a bad situation, a failure means... On a miss, you might misread the situation. Everything is fine here. It will be totally safe to go investigate alone, or you might reveal tactical details to your enemies, which means the keeper can ask the questions above of you. So... Do you want to burn your luck and take the 12? You know what? That's a good question. We are playing a one-off game. Mitch, are we working with full luck, or would you like to do something about luck? And then we'll explain Full luck. luck. Why not? I'll play easy on you for now. Yeah. Full luck? Okay, then I would like to burn a luck to turn this into a mixed success. Monster of the Week has a thing called luck. You start out with seven boxes of luck, uh, and if you use one, you immediately turn, no matter what your roll is, you turn it into a full success. Uh, normally, because I rolled that failure, I would mark experience, but because I am going to use luck, I don't mark experience, I turn it into a success, and then I tick a little box on my character sheet. Once all my luck boxes are ticked, I become doomed, and the keeper gets to start to play real hardball with me. And, uh, in fact, I, I just remember this from reviewing his character. On his character in particular, burning any luck has a forward effect. Yes, it, uh, it would matter a lot for me. Uh, hopefully I don't get to that point, but... Yeah, what, what's your it, burn oh, that, one luck I mean, penalty? That, I was looking at my other ability, but it won't apply because this is a one-off. It says, when you use a point of luck, your next regular case will actually be a mystery for your hunt oh, okay. group. Not a regular case at all. Then, yeah. So, meh. Well, uh, you know, that is true. I turned it. <laughs> so, I read a bad situation. I've turned it into a success, which means I get to ask some questions. The questions are, sure. what's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? And what's the best way to protect the victims? Um, I want to know... If they're... Okay, so on a 10+, plus, I hold three, so I can ask you three of these. Uh, my three questions that I'm going to ask for ter- for using a lock point are... Um, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? No. Okay. Uh, what's the biggest threat? The guy on the left. They're all armed the same, but as far as you know, he hasn't been shot or harmed, and he's okay. now behind cover. Gotcha. And finally, what is the... There are... Um, did you say if there were other people in this room? Yes. There are a few people in this room that are on the floor. Then what is the best way to protect the victims? End the conflict. In, in, the best way to protect the victims, it, it's very straightforward, would be to incapacitate, disable, or otherwise disarm the three assailants. Currently, you are protecting them because they're busy shooting at you. Yeah, but it's also gunfire in a tight space. Yes. Um, I would so like, the, the best way to protect them is just to get this over with as quickly as possible. I would like to roll manipulate someone then. Uh, pause your action just for a second to see if Orangey's going to take one. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Orangey, do you want to I do was something? planning to take one. I would like to peek behind literal curtain that is between the cars. Okay. And scope out this situation. As I do that, I'm going to see those guys across the way. And I would like to use some magic. All right. Do your thing. Weird thing. <laughs> uh, That's cool. I rolled a nine for jinx. Okay. So who so, are you jinxing? So on a, se- on a seven and nine, I hold one. Uh, I would like to... Hold one as a generic turban monster of the week for he gets to do one thing from his list, depending on the skill. Yeah, I would like to, as, as I'm using this magic, uh, my eyes are going to glow white. And my hairs are going to, like, stand up just a little bit. And I am going to inflict one harm 
on the guy that Thomas is holding. The guy that got stabbed? Yes, due to an accident. So while they are struggling against each other, (laughs) I would like him to lose his footing and fall backwards. On the map. So you, uh, alright, so you got a success. So you you do your freaky thing, and and you hex this guy who is, uh, currently in... No hex. I jinx him. Hex is a completely different move. (laughs) My bad. You jinx him, and, and you bestow upon him malfortune. Yes. Um... We'll, we will hold that. It will take place. Remind me next time that guy does a thing. For sure. All right. And then Jeff had a thing, or Jay, somebody had a thing. Who's next? Well, I, af- after all of that has gone down, and we've driven them back, uh, uh, excuse me, banditos, uh, yes, I would like to point out that you are, you have several men bleeding, and I would like to give you the chance to give up. Uh, meanwhile, I will be loading my shotgun and awaiting your reply. Uh, can I roll to help him? Uh, yeah, you just roll help out. Yeah. Uh, and then something will happen. You yeah, roll, roll and roll hope cool you get high. Because if you get low, you fuck him. Yeah, uh, I, I do manipulate someone. I got. I, exi- I exist. I don't know if that helps. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I rolled I rolled a nine. So that's uh, some version of success, right? So for help out, you. On a seven and nine, your help grants him my plus one to the roll, but you also will expose yourself to the danger. So if my roll goes bad, it's bad for both of us now. That's fine. He makes a valid point there. I mean, what's it really worth to you? What's your life worth? Uh, I have rolled a 7 plus charm, which is 1, so I have an 8 plus, plus 1 from Jeff, so 9. So I have a mixed success. On a 7 to 9, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. And that's kind of you would reply, I guess. Yeah. So, uh... Mr. Blake is still in a scuffle with the the middle man there. We're gonna we're gonna address that before we move forward, just because things are all kind of happening at once here. And I did want to come back to to Mr. Blake, um, Randall. I'm assuming you continue to fight this guy. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. This is also the guy I jinxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So kick some ass on this unlucky fuck. Uh, that is uh ten total. All right. So, uh, he has, uh, he has got his shit about him now, and, and he is ready for you, because you're right there. So, you inflict... Two harm. Two harm? Two harm. Ah, so you're up to four harm. So this guy is not looking great. That's, like, according to my chart, he dying. Like, yes. the way the way health works. Yes, he, uh, so... You you stick that knife somewhere that he really didn't want it, and he uh, he takes a swing at you, and he uh, he discharges his firearm, and his firearm he catches you in the thigh, and he does uh, he does two harm to you, but I take one, and he uh, he steps back to try to balance himself after getting stabbed, and his heel picks up on a shell casing, <laughs> he slips. He falls, and he bashes himself on one of the crates that his buddy was hiding behind. And he wow. takes one additional harm. Yeah, so kind of, Good feed- shit. So kind of feeding on uh, what I just said. As, as I said, you, you should really give up, because I have more ammo. And apparently, I, ha- I also have a... What, what is the term, Thomas? A, a bad arse? That's about correct, sir. A bad arse. Oh, what a bad arse we got here with us. 
So, uh, the guy on the right that Jeff shot earlier calls out to his buddy. He's like, I- I'm hit. I am hit, Jim, and-, and he ain't looking good. And Jim, the guy on the left from where you guys are looking, goes, all right, all right. Ain't, ain't nobody got to get hurt no more. But, uh, but uh, I need y'all to, I need y'all to put your guns down in the back there because I can't see y'all. I, I feel that this is not a situation. You are not in a situation. That you can make demands. I mean, I'll keep stabbing you if you don't want to talk. I mean, we're behind. We're behind cover, and uh, and we still got guns. I'm right next to you, and I got a knife. Tell you what, if you throw down your guns, because you are behind cover, then we will put down our guns, and then I will take you to the sheriff. Marley, Marley, uh, puts one of his hand puts one of his hands in the air and goes, "Oh, you know, you seem like upright fellas. You don't seem like you want to die today." So, as a show of good faith, I personally will holster my weapon. And I uh, reach back behind my back where my holster is and, and holster my coat revolver and put the other hand in the air and go, here's your opportunity. Make the right choice. And the and, and rest of y'all, and uh, Randall, because of where you are, you can see the guys behind the crates. Uh, the one that's got shot, he, he's got his hand over the gun wound, but he does have his gun trained on you, and the guy on the left also does have his gun trained on you. You are the only one they can see right now. How do you proceed? Well, I just stared at him. I was like, you're going to need a bigger gun. Um, That sounds like a charm. <laughs> or a manipulate, manipulate someone. someone. I don't have the best charm. I have a negative one charm. Uh-oh. Uh, I would like to roll to help out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I also because I will allow I, Jeff because to add I, his roll to help out, too, with what he was just saying. Like, we're all kind of... Yeah. Hey, I made it. I did not. Oh. That's a plus one. I did not help, and I have exposed myself to the same danger. So... I gave him a plus one. So, uh, with the plus one... I step out with my shotgun to try to, like, emphasize his point... And it just puts me out there where they can now shoot me too. <laughs> uh, with the plus one canceling out my minus one, it totals out to eight. Oh, good. Oh, Which God. is mixed, right? So uh, you, you tell them you tell them that they're going to need a bigger gun, and they they feel that that uh, they feel that that's correct, but they also feel scared and shot and in danger. So they're going to be like, y- y'all y- y'all step your way back, y'all step your way back to that door. And, and uh, and we'll take ourselves out the way we came. Ain't nobody needs no more shooting. How about that? I'm gonna stand here, but I'm gonna wait till you get off. You have my word. I won't attack you if you don't attack first. And they're uh, that is that is good enough for them. They're able to move around you enough that they don't feel immediately in, in danger of you. So the uh, the guy the guy on the left because he's closest to the man in the middle picks him up and starts limping towards the back door where they came in from the front of the train. And the guy on the right... Fuck that up. Anyway, they pick up, the, they pick up their engine friend and they start moving to the train. When they all get together towards the end, they uh, assist each other to move more quickly. They keep their guns, you know, in your direction as long as they can. But as soon as they clear the door, there's doesn't appear that they're going to be a threat. Just before they clear the door, can I attempt to manipulate someone on them one more time? Can I Can I ask a question? Yeah, I, I have an ability. That's why I, I wanted to ask this. The first time in each mystery that you observe a monster, minion, or phenomenon in action, are these considered minions, maybe? Uh, I may ask one question from the investigative mystery list. What's your question? 
My question, investigate a mystery. My questions are, uh, I would like to know what is being concealed here. It seems like a vague enough, because my questions are pretty much on the monster, like trying to figure out what monster it is list. I'm going to ask, let me, let me change that. What sort of creature is it? But what I specifically want to know if I think these guys are the Hillcock boys. I want to know if I have Yeah, a no, I got you. That's a better direction. Yeah. The first answer, uh, no, you wasted your shit. Shut up. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. second answer. So go ahead, go ahead and play that. Uh, yeah. So I get one question. The question that I'll ask is, well, from this list is what sort of creature is it? I kind of want to know if it's a Hillcock boy is kind of what I'm, I'm guessing. Cause I know it's a bandit. I know it's a dude. I want to know if it's. A good guess that it's who I who we're set to look into. And you roll for that, or you just get that? You just get that, right? Oh, I just get that. It's the first. Yeah. It's an ability I have. Uh, one thing that is interesting about this game that's kind of cool is it gives you the ability to ask the world a question or ask the keeper a question. And the world can be misleading, but the keeper questions are very valuable. The keeper questions are very valuable because they are not inherently misleading i can't lie to him now i can give him information that might take him down a wrong path but he knows that the information he gets is in some way you can give me partial information but it has to be honest information and that 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 partial information is based on the investigations that you did based on their attire based on their method of operation you think that they probably are the bandanas they are wearing is the uh red base with black paisley and that's not an entirely uncommon bandana, but there is only the one group of bandits in this area that you are aware of, and that is how they dress. It is likely they are the Hillcock boys. I uh, So I look to Marley, and I say, I think we should let them go. If they take their wounded friend, they will not be able to travel quickly, and it'll help us catch them later. Oh, of course. You're the expert here. And uh, All I know is rails. Yes, so I, I, I yell back, take your friend. And go, uh, leave your guns. They, uh, they make their way to the door, and they do not leave their guns. As soon as they get to the door, they pile through it, and they slam the door shut, and they begin to run as quickly as they can while hobbled into the car ahead of them. So they just went to the next train car? Yes. They're making their way to their point of, uh, the point of egress, it is presumed. These filthy Americans cannot be trusted. Pardon. Wow. (laughs) I may not know much about investigations or mysteries, but I know enough about trains and I know enough about bandits. They don't look like they're going anywhere but the next car. You hear a familiar sound as somebody unloads a double load in the car in front of you, much like Detective Moss did. And you hear yelling briefly. How do you proceed? They did not have a shotgun, correct? They did not. All right. Uh, I I rush in. I I rush in. I'll wait for Orangey, and then I'll follow. Yeah, I'm going to follow slowly behind. Yeah, we move to the next uh, car, I guess, taking up similar positions. And so, I, I... uh, there is no privacy and because I rush in on this next car. So you rush in, and you're in a clear doorway, and you can see into, uh, you can see what's going on here. Go ahead and roll me a read a bad situation. The two of you. Me and Marley? Yeah. All right, so my read... Oh, my read a bad situation is sharp, so I'm good at that. Uh, 12. 13. The first thing you see is a shotgun. The second thing you see is the badge of a constabulatory. As you come What's into this car... What's a constabulatory? Car, you see, standing at the front, a uh, 
an old, uh, uh, the older end of middle-aged, porterly man wearing a nice pinstripe gray vest with a shotgun. And the uh, y- y- three bandit friends are on the floor. I immediately grab uh, Marley's arm, push it down, hold my shotgun out at arm's length by the by the stock, and say, Sheriff Alderwood, it is good to see you. You ain't more than Hillcox, is you? Certainly not, sir. I am Detective Moss. I have been in correspondence with you. Uh, oh, good. Good, uh, good, uh, good of you to show up. Who's we that? We work for the railway. Th- this is, this is Marley O'Shaughnessy, my, my expert. Uh, Marley O'Shaughnessy, it's, it's a pleasure, of course. I've, uh, been working the rails long enough. Behind us is the esteemed Thomas Blake and Orangey Pritchett. I'm holding the door open for Orangey to walk through and then I close the door. Help me, uh, help me load these, help me load these hillcocks out of here. Are they dead, sir? Sheriff, uh, did you kill them? What was your role on your uh, your bad situation check? Thirteen. That that's pretty good, right? That's, that's max, uh, right? Just just shy of the best role I could get. Okay, and that is well into the the success range. I'm gonna say that you ask that out of habit, but you can see that uh, he had unloaded into the ceiling, much like you had. And the uh, the boys are well; they appear to be alive. the The middle guy, you're not sure of because he got stabbed, and then he got stabbed, and then he got bashed on the noggin. So it, it's a it's a best guess about him. Okay, so as I say it, seeing I kind of already know the answer, I move to help the sheriff uh, disarm them. No, you got yourself a got yourself a right weird bunch of. Bunch of folks, but, well, maybe weird's what we need. Uh, after he says that uh, it's a weird bunch, Marley puts his hand up to his face as if to direct his uh, his voice and goes, Oh, you don't have to tell me twice. Orangey waves. and thank you again for following us on our journey through another episode of Torchlit Tavern. You've listened all the way to Arc 3, we hope. If not, you can always go back and catch up on what you've missed. First of all, myself and the rest of the members of the Torchlit Tavern would like to say thank you to everyone who listens to us. We love telling our stories, we love your engagement, and we love to entertain you guys, so thank you. Don't forget that if you do enjoy our podcast, please like us, rate us well, Share us. Tell your friends about us. We have no designs on any grand empire, but we do like telling our story, and we'd like to share that with as many people as possible. And you, our beloved listeners, are the gateway through which we can do that. If you're looking for other ways to listen to us, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcasting service. If you want to engage and find a little bit of extra interaction with the Torchlit Tavern, you can search Torchlit Tavern on Facebook or Twitter. And we have established a Patreon at patreon.com slash Torchlit Tavern. If you'd like to go that little extra mile for us, you can do so there, and we will kick back to you with monthly content updates. This could be anything from narrative expansions, world lore, or even just an insight into the characters of the world themselves. And last but not least, if you want to chat with, compliment, or ridicule one of our lovely players, you can find us at the following locations. 
All right. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. You can find me, Jameson Oxford, at something something master on Twitter. And you can find me, Ryan, a.k.a. Roy, at Ryan SCB Santos on Twitter. And I'm Randall, and if you want, you can follow my uh, inactive Twitter account <laughs> at Argo Omega, or you can just look at the Facebook, and I'll be there. This is Jeff, still playing the Jello Man Skeleton himself. If you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter that I never use at Big underscore J underscore The Bad Man. You know, I think maybe I should have my own Twitter. You shut up. It's not time for this things god you can definitely find me at the torchlit facebook i'll be there no i'll be there somebody will be there and thanks for tuning in fuck you warlock